Welcome to the SG Engage podcast, where it's all social good all the time. Sit back and relax as the brightest minds from across the social good community engage with trends, big ideas, and best practices to help you drive impact. Today's episode features a session from BBCon 2020 Virtual called Waste Not, Identify and Eliminate Waste in Your Business Processes and Operation. The session is led by Jackie Huffman, an operational excellence engineer at Blackboard. Jackie is a certified Six Sigma black belt and project management professional in Blackboard's business operations department and helps improve Blackboard's business processes. She also teaches root cause analysis and lean to Blackboard team members. Enjoy the episode. My name's Jackie Huffman. I've been with BlackBod about 12 years, and most recently for the past six years in an operational excellence engineering role. And what that means is I help BlackBod improve our business operations to better serve you, our customers. Our learning objectives today for this session is I'm going to help you identify two types of work activities. They can be classified as value-add and non-value-add. Then we're going to learn about the eight lean wastes. And furthermore, the important part is how you can identify those wastes, remove them from your business operations. And I'm going to leave you with a real simple tool that we can call a waste walk so that when you leave this session, you actually have a tool to go back to your organizations and start identifying and removing waste from your operations. So let's dive in and start with those definitions of value-add and non-value-add activities. Value-add activities are the types of work activities that actually will transform material and information into products and services to meet customer requirements. And they are related to those products and services and activities the customer is really willing to pay for. Now, I realize I'm going to use the word pay for and as nonprofit organizations, many of the people that you serve don't actually give you money, but you're providing that service as if they would be willing to pay for it. So when you see the word customers, just think of your constituents, your participants, your volunteers. Anything that does not meet the value add definition is what we consider waste. It's anything other than the absolute bare minimum resources of materials, machines, people required to add value to a product or service. Let's take a little deeper look at that definition. So again, all work activities can be classified into these two categories. However, for value-add activities, it must meet all three requirements on the left. It must be something the customer is willing to pay for. The work activity needs to transform materials and information into those products and services that meet customer requirements. And the third criteria is the work activity must be done correctly on the first try. Any activity that fails to meet all three of those activity is waste or non-value add. The problem with waste is that it consumes our valuable resources of our people's time. They're spending their time doing tasks that don't contribute directly to creating a product or service. And therefore, these activities cost your organization valuable time and money. I'd like to give you a simple example to help you think more clearly about value-add versus non-value-add. I've been a Starbucks customer for years. 
And yes, I'm willing to pay $5 for a Starbucks mocha. Now with their online app, I can order that drink in advance. I put in that I want a grande, the size of a mocha, but I only want two pumps of chocolate syrup and I still want the whipped cream. I place that order, it's something I'm willing to pay for, but I expect it to be done on the right time and when I show up at the store, I expect it to be ready when I walk in to pick up my mobile drink order. However, there have been times when I arrive and the drink is not correct. Maybe they left off the whipped cream or they made the wrong size. In that case, they're going to throw out the entire drink. They're gonna waste the cup. They're gonna waste the milk, the coffee, the chocolate syrup, and they've now wasted the barista's time to make the drink incorrectly. So in that example, you can see the problems with these wasteful activities and why they're gonna cost time and money. And recently, due to the COVID pandemic, we are all facing most organizations, whether they're for-profit or not-for-profit, have had to lay off resources and we're operating under times of reduced funding sources. So now more than ever, it's a really great time to evaluate your business processes and operations to start to identify the waste so you can remove it and provide more value directly to your constituents. The unfortunate part of this story is many studies have looked at business operations, whether it's in manufacturing or in an office environment like I work in, and we often find that most work activity is non-value add. Actually, almost 95% of the activities are non-value add. And so that is why it's so critical to evaluate and identify the waste and get that out of your, your operations so that the goal to improve business processes is to get that waste out and shrink that red bar, shrink the non-value add time in the process. And that's what I'm gonna help you learn how to do today. So let's dive into the eight categories of waste. These lean wastes uh, can be remembered by using this little acronym, Tim Woods. So transport is unnecessarily moving things. Inventory is making more than you need at any one time. Motion refers to people motion, unnecessary movement by people. Waiting is delay between steps in the process. Then we have overproduction, which is making too much of something or making it too soon where the downstream processes don't need it quite yet. Overprocessing is duplicate or redundant operations or producing more than's needed beyond customer requirements. Defects by definition is producing any deliverable that does not meet customer requirements or is not done correctly on the first try. And the eighth waste is skills, the underutilization of your people in your organization. So for each of these wastes, we're gonna go through, I'm gonna give you a brief definition and talk about some examples of how you can identify and remove this particular waste. So starting with transport, again, it's the unnecessary movement of things, equipment, parts, or tools from one location to another. The reason that transport is a waste 
is it does not transform the material from one thing to another. It's simply moving supplies in the process. If you're observing operations, let's say in a food bank where you've had lots of volunteers come in to work one day, you will see transport anytime a forklift is being used or a cart or a hand truck to move materials from one spot to another. In the office environment prior to COVID, our sales reps were allowed to drive or fly to customer sites to have meetings. Now we've eliminated the transport of people to customer locations by conducting virtual meetings, just like this session. Another example of transport, you and I as consumers have been trained now, thanks to things like Amazon Prime, that we're not really willing to pay for shipping costs. And so because transportation is not something we're willing to pay for, it is clearly a waste. Inventory happens when you have more products and, and materials than you need at any one time, causing a backlog and having to invest costs in storing the material. In an office environment, even though we work in a digital age, there is a cost of storing digital files in databases and so on. So these types of wastes are a backlog of files or you're waiting to process orders or managers having to do approval tasks. Those of you that have some of our flagship products are charged based on your record band usage. So when you have duplicate records in your database or records in there where you're no longer communicating with constituents, those uh, records will cost you money over the, the long term. In one recent class that one of my students was working on when they were taking lean, she identified an inventory waste that's pretty common. It was the manager needed to approve time cards. And she actually interviewed two managers. One manager only approved time cards every Monday, thus causing an inventory or backlog of time cards waiting to be approved. The other manager performed in more of what we consider a lean fashion, where as the time cards came in, she would review them and approve them and let them go on their way to be processed by the downstream organization. And that's the preferred method. So wherever you can avoid batching work and do it as it comes in is a more lean process. Motion by definition, again, is the unnecessary movement people make, such as walking to get materials or reaching for supplies. Now, most of us are familiar with having an ergonomic desk set up. Hopefully you've taken time at home to make sure that your mouse is within reach so you can avoid repetitive motion injuries. You've got your monitor at eye level, you're sitting up tall in your chair. So reducing the motion associated with sitting now behind a computer eight hours a day is really, really critical. I used to work in our corporate office in Charleston where my desk was on the first floor However, most of my meetings were up on the fourth floor. This necessitated walking either up the stairs or using the elevator to get in between meetings. Now, thanks to working virtual, we've eliminated all of that excess motion of walking. We can just sit at our computer and start the next meeting. Waiting is caused by delays between steps. Those delays are often caused because 
parts or information are missing. Uh, we're waiting on other people to get back to us. In an office environment, the most common example of this that probably shows up on a daily basis is waiting for an email response. Now, also during COVID, most organizations have transitioned to using chat tools. Chat tools can be more responsive and take some of that delay out of waiting for an email response. Uh, the next time that you go to a, a meeting, take a look at how many minutes that you wait for the meeting to actually get started. And this time can actually add up. Think about the average hourly salary of the people in the room and calculate the number of minutes you waited. And you can actually come up with how much time and cost it's, count, it's taking you while you're just waiting for the meeting to start. Another waste in a meeting is excess people that were invited that are sitting there waiting and maybe not participating actively. So you can even start to observe waiting in your next meeting. So the ways to eliminate waiting, as I mentioned before, eliminate batching work, um, making sure you're designing process so materials flow from one step to the next. Overproduction is a waste of making too much or too many, or going ahead and doing the work before it's actually needed. One easy example of this is maybe you're in the habit of printing extra copies for a report or a presentation just in case you might need it, maybe extra people show up. Most of the time, that's going to lead to throwing that paper away. So you've now consumed the time it took to print and the materials, and you're going to end up throwing that away as well. Blackbond actually has a very common problem here with overproduction related to our invoicing. We actually have three ways to get invoices to customers. We still print and mail invoices. We email invoices. And we also put the invoice up on our blackbot.com customer portal that the site admins can access. So there's actually three different ways to get an invoice. That's a classic example of overproduction. What would be a better solution is to ask customers which way they want to receive the invoice and only provide that option. Overprocessing happens when there are duplicate or redundant operations, or you have wasteful steps in the process that actually aren't needed. They don't meet the customer requirements. The customer never asked for it in the first place. Overprocessing can often be found when you interview people about why they do things the way they do and the response is, well, we've always done it this way. That's a pretty good sign that there's a step in there that might need to be examined. Uh, one example of overprocessing happens again with approvals. Look at your approval rating. If you have a process step that requires approval yet 100% of the time the approval is approved, why do you have that step? If it's not transforming information from one thing to another or causing a change, why do you even have that approval step? Most of the time, it's really just an FYI to let people know, and it's really not transforming it. So again, over-processing can take time 
and money. So we really want to focus on only providing things that customers really need. Another quick example, I recently joined a, a membership program at an aquarium and I went to pick up my membership card on my first visit and I was handed a nice packet of materials of the benefits I was going to get with the membership, but it also included a nice round large car magnet. Now, the car magnet was a nice little gift, but I didn't ask for it. It is an example of over-processing. And, you know, there's probably good reasons why we want to get the car magnet on the car for advertising and so forth, but it is an example of over-processing. And especially if people end up never using those or throwing them away, that's clearly a waste. Defects occur when you produce a deliverable or the final product and it doesn't meet the customer requirements. It wasn't done the first time. These are pretty easy to identify because you will have to rework the information or as in the example of the Starbucks latte, if it's not done correctly, we're gonna throw the whole thing away. Defects often happen because people may make mistakes, skip steps that cause downstream problems. Now, in Lean, it's really important not to blame the people that make the mistake. There was actually a system put in place that allowed the person to make the error. The root causes of human errors can be lack of documentation on how the process should be done. It can also be poor training. So you onboard new employees and they weren't fully trained and coached and mentored on the process. So it leads to errors later on. Another example of a defect is not meeting a deadline, whether that's a, just a promise to get information back to another team member by a certain date or the date that you promised to deliver a product or service. So remedies for defects is building in error proofing. One of the common processes that I see that suffer from defects, many of the activities at Blackboard require a request for another team to take action. That request starts with an information form that needs to be completed. Oftentimes, there's missing information in that, and it has to be sent back to the submitter to get all of that. One way to error-proof that is to add required fields. Creating standard work instructions is also an important way to remove defects. And last, we have this, the last waste of skills. This is failing to use the talents of your workforce, whether it's their knowledge, their learning from how the work is done, asking about lessons learned or doing retrospectives. It's pretty easy to identify if you just take time to interview your team and ask them about the pain points or what non-value-add tasks they do, such as when are they waiting in their processes? What defects are created in their process that they have to rework? Um, those are really big sources of job dissatisfaction with your teammates. A real common example I find when I teach lean classes and students start to go study a process is often you will find a middleman role. This is a group that takes information and passes it to another team or department. Maybe they're entering the information in a different system. 
that's clearly not transforming any of the information. It's non-value add. I'm sure if you interviewed the middleman team, they don't want to be doing that work. The better solution is design your process so the submission of the form gets directly to the team that can take action. So now I'd like to go over a real simple way that you can leave the session, go back to your organizations, and start to learn where you have waste in your business processes. And this is called simply a waste walk. Now, a waste walk can be done in a virtual office environment like we're operating under today, or if you are carrying out mission delivery programs such as a food bank or Meals on Wheels, or you're now having your guests come back to an aquarium. Just the rule of thumb here is observe, but go to where the action is and observe the people that are actually doing the work. In an office environment, you could schedule a WebEx or Zoom meeting and ask someone to show you the steps that they go through. So just ask them to do a little show and tell for you. Another technique is to analyze email chains. You would be amazed at the information you can see in an email chain. You can see the dates that the responses wait, were waiting on and the, the gaps between responses. You can see how many people are put on the, the CC line that are just being informed but aren't expected to take action. In your mission delivery programs, you can go out and just be an observer of all of the operations. Uh, do a ride-along. If you have activities that include delivery or transportation. Another really important concept here is go observe your programs and the, the participants that are receiving the benefits of your program, but walk the process from their point of view. You will learn a lot about what the experience is for your participants just simply by going to observe them. Attached to this presentation, you'll find this little template here for a data collection form. And in the first column, you'll see here the steps. So when you're observing the process, quickly document the steps here on the left. After you're done observing, come back to the office and now you can go through and apply the definitions of value add to find those tasks that were critical and added value, and then waste. For the waste categories, you can now take it one step further and classify the waste. And then the most important part of this presentation is the ideas to remove the waste is where you wanna go. In this particular example, using that information form, if we eliminate the defect by requiring fields that are critical at the very beginning, we can eliminate two or three steps in this process. So it's a pretty simple tool, but very important, just take the time and go on a waste walk when you get back to the office. Here are some real simple ideas for where you can get started. I highly encourage you, if you work in a process where there are other people that provide you materials, go observe what they do, as well as go and observe the downstream departments that you pass your work to, to see how they work with it. And are they finding errors and defects in the work that you're passing on? I 
think the easiest thing to do is in the very next meeting you attend, just make a list of all the waste that happens. Was there waiting it to start the meeting? And then the most important thing you can do is go observe your mission delivery events, whether it's observing volunteers or the participants that receive the benefits of your organization's hard work and look at it from their perspective. This can be a really valuable way for you all to start identifying and removing waste from your business processes and operations. I hope you found some helpful temps in this presentation.